at the beginning of our cover letter, we want to open in a bold way. So um, basically things like um, what the organization is known for and why you want to be a part of it. Um, why you uh, are pursuing a career in whatever you're pursuing. Um, and um, yeah, things, things like that. Uh, your philosophy on your profession, like, or, or where you would like to see your profession go and, and evolve in terms of like, if you're in a, let's say a stagnant or very conservative type of role, um, how you think it could change and how you see your, your uh, future employer as being a part of that change. This is the Public Health Insight Podcast. Before we move on, it is important to note that the views expressed in this podcast are our own and do not represent any of the organizations we work for or are affiliated with. In the previous episode, Gordon and Lashawn spoke with Kamara Tofalo, resume writer, LinkedIn consultant, and job search strategist, where she shared her expert tips and tricks and best practices you can use to create resumes that will impress potential employers. In the third part of the discussion, Kamara remains with us to talk about the importance of cover letters, when to include them in a job application, and how to structure them in a way that is engaging for the reader. This is where they left off. So we talked a little bit about how preparing job applications can be a little bit intimidating, frustrating, and uh, taxing. And you know, for me, when I was job searching, um, I would always get excited when the job application didn't say, um, some, please submit a cover letter. Uh, so <laughs> I guess you know where I'm going with this. So should we be including a, a cover letter even when we're not specifically asked to include one? I'm sorry to deliver bad news. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. So the only time we don't want to include a cover letter is when the job posting explicitly says do not include a cover letter mm. i don't see that very often um if a cover letter is not is not explicitly requested if a cover letter is requested if a cover letter is shown as optional in all of those cases we want to include a cover letter um did you want me to tell Please. you why <laughs> yeah of course okay so Cover letters are your opportunity to share more of your story. So something that might not fit on a resume might fit on a cover letter. So if I am making a career transition, cover letter is a great way to explain that, uh, explain our motivation for doing so and to, um, and to uh, calm any concerns. Uh, so yes, I acknowledge, I acknowledge I lack experience in this, but I make up for it with this. So that's, that's really what we want to do with our cover letter. Um, also it's, uh, you know, at best cover letters are read and they are considered in our overall story as a candidate at worst, they aren't read, but they're insurance in case they need to be there. Um, we don't want to ever be that one job seeker who doesn't submit a cover letter when one, when it was expected uh, or it was searched for. Um, that it would be a bad situation to be in. Um, but also at worst, um, if the cover letter isn't read, the cover letter serves as interview prep. So mm, you, yeah. if you, you're going to have a strong resume, we know that. Um, if the cover letter isn't read, there's no time lost. Uh, you're just that much uh, more ready for your interview. Um, so the cover letter is a good use of time, in my opinion. 
Um, but I don't feel that you need to be reinventing the, your cover letter with every application. I think a templated approach works, not a template, but a templated approach where you're customizing certain sections of your cover letter to fit and be tailored towards uh, each job application. I don't, I don't want people wasting tons of time on, time on cover letters. I want them to take an efficient approach to it so that they're writing cover letters really well and making sure that they're submitting them. So I guess with that in mind, when you're talking about this tailored templated approach, what are some of those good sections that you could include in your cover letter? For sure. So um, we really want to make sure that we're opening in a in an eye-catching way. So gone are the days of saying, I was very excited to um, find this rule posted on the Government of Ontario website, on Careers website, and I am submitting my resume to indicate my interest. I've done that before. <laughs> uh, we all have. We all have. We all have. You should see, I don't even know if I could track down some of my old cover letters and resumes, but they were bad. Um, so that's gone are the days of saying that. We want to create something that is going to give people pause, like, whoa, mm -hmm. and encourage them to read more. So on my website, I have a free cover letter guide that you can sign up for and download. Um, so a lot of what I'm about to share will be shared in that as well. Uh, but um, so basically, uh, at the beginning of our cover letter, we want to open in a bold way. So um, basically things like... Um, what the organization is known for and why you want to be a part of it. Um, why you uh, are pursuing a career in whatever you're pursuing. Um, and um, yeah, things, things like that. Uh, your philosophy on your profession, like, or, or where you would like to see your profession go and, and evolve in terms of like, if you're in a, let's say a stagnant or very conservative type of role, um, how you think it could change and how you see your your uh, future employer as being a part of that change, things like that. Um, so making it really different is going to encourage reading. Then underneath that, you can talk about yourself. So um, I have a reputation for this. I'm known for this. I'm committed to this. Um, and then after that, uh, you can get into a few of your select core strengths that they want from you and give one highlight for each how you demonstrated those core strengths and then sign off with an ask for the interview. Mm. And that's it. Interesting. So then what, what are some things we should avoid? What are some turnoffs uh, that we can do when someone reads our cover letter that we should avoid? Uh, some turnoffs are making it generic. Um, we want to work in somewhere in that cover letter, something about the, the company that you're targeting and why you want to be a part of it. Um, so it's a turnoff to make it generic. Um, it's a turnoff to, um, to just submit a, a poorly written cover letter just to check that box. Um, a poorly, I would rather someone submit, not submit a cover letter than submit a poorly written cover mm. letter. So um, it, it can, and I have heard that a poorly written cover letter can impact mm -hmm. perception. Mm -hmm. So uh, you might want to save yourself the trouble um, of, of, of being adding to any negative perception when it, it, it's, it's not um, true. So uh, yeah, a poorly written cover letter can affect how, how you're perceived. So that is a bit of a groaner. Um, let's see. Uh, huge amounts of text, like big blocks of text 
This goes back to um, making it a readable document with our resume, as well as our cover letter. We want to make it something that's readable. Um, and we want to make it relevant. It's got to be relevant to, to our target job. Um, and it's, it's got to drive home that you have the skills that they want and need from you. So one of the, one of the things I always see when I'm looking at different cover letters and even extend to resume are these, are these graphically focused resumes and cover letters with logos behind like your personal brand. What do you think about those? Are those kind of distracting or are those a way to kind of set you apart from the rest of the crowd? Uh, I find them distracting. Um, and again, it goes back to the readability. So one thing that is very problematic with those types of resumes, so you'll see the templates on Canva, um, right. sometimes certain examples on Pinterest, um, some for sale on Etsy, um, even Microsoft Word templates are bad. Uh, the inherent problem with most of them is that they use what's called a multi-panel approach. So it's like containing all of your resume content in, in two or multiple columns. So it's it's almost like reading a newspaper, um, it, like old style newspaper, if that makes sense. Um, we don't read like that. People don't, people don't read like that. Right. Um, and so it's difficult for the reader, the recruiter, the talent acquisition professional to know where to get the important information. We're creating work for them. When we create work for the reader, then um, our documents aren't going to be read as thoroughly. So we want to um, just really keep with a simple approach. In terms of all the imagery, um, it does not serve uh, because um, it's, our resumes are to be read, not to be seen, if that makes sense. They're, they're, we want the content of our resume to do all of the talking. When there's lots of colors, lots of logos, lots of imagery, uh, as you said, LaShawn, that's distracting. It is right. distracting. And so uh, we don't want anyone, anything to take away from the focus on what we've written in our resume. Cool. And two quick follow-up questions. Should I add a photo to my CV? And what should we send our cover letter in format-wise, a PDF or Word document? Okay, so photo on resume. In North America, we do not include photos on resumes. There are some other regions where a photo might be expected or the standard. Uh, so just be very clear on what, on what the local expectations are for your resume. Mm -hmm. uh, but in North America, I will say that we absolutely do not include um, profile or pictures on our resume. Um, we want to, uh, we don't want to do that because we don't want to fuel any bias um, right out of the gate. And so there's that. In terms of uh, the format for cover letters, it depends on what the job uh, or the career site accepts. So um, there's no one rule that you need to submit Word only or PDF only in your, for your file formats. It really depends on what's acceptable. And typically, uh, when you're applying to a job, the acceptable file formats are defined. Uh, if I were to make a selection between Word and PDF, uh, and both are acceptable, my uh, recommendation would be to use PDF. And the reason for that is it retains the formatting integrity of your document rather than opening it up to potential 
uh, confusion between different versions of Word. It's not it's not going to cause a lot of problems, but if that is the case, but um, when you can submit PDF. Interesting. And tying it back to the ATS, I've actually seen where if you if you have a fancy graphically designed resume or cover letter and you upload like you go to the job portal to upload it and it imports your information into their pre-existing forms it gets all wonky if it's not like a standard format so that's just another caveat for people listening that's a very good point as well yeah you're creating extra work for yourself to actually apply to a job because it's ha- yeah the applicant tracking system has a difficult time reading awesome it. And one thing, just to wrap this up, how long should those cover letters be? Uh, if, should we be regurgitating our resume? Like, should we be just focusing on the parts that were, are super relevant that we need you to know? And how long, how, how many pages should we spend doing this? So definitely do not exceed one page for a cover letter. Um, the shorter, the better uh, at this um, in this era. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the shorter, the better. Um, and yeah, one page. And again, really focusing on making it a digestible format. Is this something that I can read with ease? Is this something that someone else could read with ease? That's that's really what's most important. Not length, but readability. You've just heard part three of Gordon and LaShawn's conversation with Kamara Tuffalo, resume writer, LinkedIn consultant, and job search strategist, where she talked about the importance of cover letters, when to include them in a job application, and how to structure them in a way that is engaging for the reader. Join us in the next episode for the final part of the discussion, where Kamara shares some easy strategies you can use to optimize your LinkedIn profile so that you will leave a positive impression in your networks and potential future employers. Thank you for listening to the Public Health Insight Podcast, your go-to space for informative conversations, inspiring community action. If you enjoy our content and would like to stay up to date, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. To learn more about our community initiatives and how you can support us, visit our website at thepublichealthinsight.com. Join the PHI community and let's make public health viral.